We're finally here, the fourth Sunday of Advent, and I don't know what it, it was about this year, maybe because Thanksgiving was so late, but it seems like everything has been so much quicker than it normally is, and each of these four candles now are lit, and we finally get to what we've been waiting for in terms of our, our scriptures and our worship. You know, the first three weeks of Advent are all about uh, anticipating the coming of Christ and about uh, recognizing who he is and about meditating about first things and last things. But all we all really want is to hear the story of how a baby was born because that's something that throughout the ages we can all uh, wrap our minds around and something that we can all find joy in. And we finally hear that a, a bit of that story today. It really isn't in uh, Matthew's Gospel a lot about the actual birth or the place or the angels or the shepherds. There's none of that. It's more of a story about how uh, Joseph was engaged to Mary and he found out uh, that she was with child. And being a man of righteousness and a kind man, he made up his mind that he would break off the engagement quietly. Now, at that time, in, in, those, in that place and in that culture, he could have had Mary put to death. Imagine that. Imagine from the very beginning the odds that were against Jesus, the light of the world, coming into our, our lives. From the very beginning, Joseph could have had her put to death. And then after the birth of Christ, Herod sent out a decree to massacre all of the firstborn sons under a certain age to try to get rid of him. That didn't work either. And in his adulthood, there was a point in time where people tried to push him off a cliff, but he managed to walk through the crowd without being hurt because he was awaiting that time and that place that was ordained for him on Calvary, where he hung upon the cross and did die, but was raised. And so this season of new birth that we celebrate now is something that has resonance throughout time, throughout eternity, and throughout our own lives. And we eagerly await this coming. We eagerly await this baby. Not necessarily because he's a cute, sweet baby. That's part of it. But because he is a part of the very image of our God. So instead of dwelling on the gospel today, I'd like us to turn more and more towards the psalm that we heard beautifully sung today by the choir. Three times in this psalm, we, we, it's Psalm 80, we heard uh, verses 1 through 7 and 16 through 18, but in that portion, three times, we hear, Turn us again, O God, and show the light of thy countenance, and we shall be whole. Another translation is, Restore us, O God of hosts, Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. 
Show us the light of thy countenance. Show us your face. In a number of places in the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms, we hear something along the lines of, you hid your face from us and we were terrified. And I think back to my childhood and to a story that I may have told you before, but bear with me, that uh, I didn't like to be lost. I never had any sort of experience in my life that would lead me to have this, this fear, but I did. I don't know why. And it was a fear of being completely and utterly abandoned. And I'm thinking of the grocery store. And, you know, back then we didn't have things like Wegmans or Walmart, these gigantic stores. They were just a small, uh, small little community grocery store. And mom always told me, keep your, hold on to the railing of the shopping cart and walk along and we'll be fine. It's a very simple instruction. Just like God tells us, just keep your eyes on me and we'll all be fine. But something caught my eye. I don't know if it was a box of cereal that had an enticing prize inside or something, but I let go of the shopping cart. And the shopping cart proceeded to turn a corner and go into the next aisle. And as I say, the, 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 the store probably wasn't even as big as this room. But I looked up and she was gone. And I was terrified. And I managed to get around the corner and, you know, I found mom and things were right again. Now this is, I'm very different from my little sister, my next youngest sister. This is, you know, textbook family order. Remember those big uh, circular clothes racks at, at, you know, in the pennies or wherever we used to buy clothes back in the day? She would hide inside those. We had to find her. She would actively hide. I was terrified of being lost. <laughs> and so... But, but, it, but this, this scripture to me brings back those, those memories of just being terrified of being away from the person who loved me and was, whose whole, in my mind, whose whole reason for being was to take care of me. And so we can think about this scripture in this way, that when we turn our faces away from God, God never turns away from us. It is we who turn away from God. And we become terrified. We become our worst selves when we, are our, when we do not look at the light of his countenance. And he came to us in the form of human flesh as one of us. He, we, first and foremost, we were made in his image. That, there's one thing. But as if that wasn't enough, God sent his son into the world as one of us, as a human being, in a certain place, in a certain time, to a human mother and a human father and took on our flesh and became one of us and experienced all of our lives. He experienced the joy, the pain, the sorrow, the longing, everything that we experience so that not only does our creator know what it's like to be the created, but that the created can have a glimpse at the creator. And Though Jesus was on this earth 2,000 years ago at this point, yet we continue to tell these stories, and yet we continue to believe 
that in being made in his image, we all bear the countenance of God. We all bear the countenance of Jesus Christ. Whether we are a man, a woman, black, white, whatever. We all are the face of Jesus Christ. And so when we turn away from each other, as is so often the case these days, you know, if you look at the news or social media or whatever, we, we like to set ourselves against one another. We like to define ourselves by what we are against, not what we are for. I think at this time of year especially, and really throughout the year, we need to remember these lines from the Psalms and from the Old Testament and from the New Testament about how we are only joyful, we are only safe, we only feel loved when we are in the presence and recognize the presence of God. And that's not just a one-on-one thing. It's not just about you and Jesus or me and Jesus. It's about all of us and Jesus. It's about seeing him in everybody, especially those who we would think are most different from us, especially those who need the most attention. And so it is with joy that we've, we, we've, we begin to see the light growing. We've passed the darkest day of the year. We've lit more and more candles. The symbolism couldn't be clearer, that the light is coming. And today, this morning, my goodness, we've had some really awful weather, but the, the, the sun is so bright this morning that coming down the aisle in the procession, it was shining through that gorgeous window onto the backs of all the choir members. And I could even see my own shadow. And this is a pretty dark church. But that light is coming. And so we have something to rejoice about, even though there are so many things happening that would drag us down, that would have us despondent or sorrowful. And we need to address those things. Yet the light is not extinguished. As we read, and we will read again today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, the, dark, the light came into the world and the darkness could not overcome it. This is our hope. This is our joy at this time of year and throughout all the year that God does not hide his face from us. It is up to us, though, to look towards him and to see him in one another. Show us the light of thy countenance, and we shall be whole. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.